0: To Composing Myself,
1: a special podcast series celebrating 50 years of great composers at Wise Music. Presented by Jill Graham and Dave
0: Holly.
2: Yeah, so there's one of those people here in the UK who is an organist somewhere, uh, who is really into the phonographs. And he makes the blank phonograph cylinders for people like me. I think there's only a handful of people in the world who are interested in recording on phonographs. And he supplies them to us. How how do you
0: record onto phonograph?
2: It's very simple. You know how a phonograph works. So with a horn? Yeah. So l- let's start at the beginning of the chain. There's the cylinder. The cylinder yeah. has grooves in it, like a
0: vinyl record. Yeah, so that's before. That's this is before records before gramophones came on. They and, yeah, worked on a cylinder. It's, a, with... it's kind of just like a round vinyl. Like, it's like the inside of a toilet roll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but made out of metal, usually, with some wax coating. It's, or? it's a wax. It's, yeah.
2: it's made out of wax, or a type of wax, uh, wax mixture, somehow. So, that has grooves in it just like a record. Then you have the needle. Mm. And just behind the needle, the only thing that's there is the horn. There's yeah. no electricity involved. So, the horn just amplifies the sound because of how the conic shape of, of the horn. Yeah. So, how to record on it? Can you guess?
0: The other way. Yeah, the other way around. Yes.
2: You shout into the horn, the needle will vibrate. <laughs> so, you, you change the needle then into a more sharp, like knife looking needle. Yeah. And the, the sound from the horn will vibrate the needle to cut. The, the cylinder as it's turning. Um, so, so what, what what kind of stuff have you? Because they're very short in length, aren't they? As well, uh, two minutes is the standard. There are four minute ones, yeah. um, and my my player can do both. Uh, but most of the tapes I have are, or cylinders I have are only two minutes. That was the standard.
0: Uh, you you haven't released these <coughs> <coughs> no so commercially. So
2: mostly what I use this for it's it's I don't have a guest book at my house. Uh, But I have a lot of artists visiting me. I have a spare room and I have a studio and a lot of people come work with me. Uh, I have them record the song. Oh, um, fantastic. Assigning the, as the, as the guest book. I love that to sing idea. something into the yeah. cylinder. So I, I actually have some cylinder recordings by a lot of amazing artists. Oh, that is an <laughs> incredible
1: question.
0: But cause, I thought you were going to say you got them to leave a message. Because originally, yeah. Edison, who invented the graphophone, basically, and the, yeah, yeah. he thought it was going to be a dictaphone. Yeah, he yeah. thought it would be useful for... Um, the very first ever
2: recorded... Uh, recording in history is Mary had a little lamp yep. oh. just spoken by Thomas Edison himself he's just speaking the poem into this and that's the very first exist, existing uh, re- recording
1: and can you refine the sound that you receive from a phonograph or is it very no. very <laughs> stuck
2: <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you can change the size and shape of the cone yeah. the, the horn itself and mm-hmm. that changes the sound so if you see pictures from like Old band recordings—they would have its gigantic horns, like yeah. two meters in diameter,
0: like Be- because you, and they would have an orchestra crammed next crammed to it, crammed around it. No <laughs> Because way. you, you and, and, and and particular instruments didn't work, so a piano no. did not record piano well. Sounds very bad. So, so it, you've yeah. got you've got um, you know quite famous composers, Sanson, and they. Mm-hmm. There's a complicated deal how they got Nelly Melba. To record, who was like the biggest star Mm. at the time. Um, And Sanson was slipped some money and a recording contract to persuade Melba to take up her contract. She was really worried about her voice. Now, voices, particularly operatic voices, work because it's boom. It's very simple harmonics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Piano has a very complicated harmonic structure. Uh, Trumpets, brass works fine, great Uh, drums, obviously easy. So it's the simpler, like, Mm. uh, overtones in in the sound. Uh, The timbre of the sound is what you call it, is is simpler.
1: So something Um, with a sort of straight note.
2: Yes, yeah. Trumpet, Uh, clarinet. uh, A strong fundamental in the sound. Okay. Voice, trumpet, clarinet, Absolutely.
0: Presumably, you can take thing. Can you, you? can then convert from analog to digital. Take it off the uh, the cylinder, yeah, and then so, you can manipulate the sound. So but, the,
2: the only time uh, I've actually used this um, is actually in a song on my last record. Oops, I just kicked the stand. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I've rigged the recording studio. If you could see it, it's just it's like one of those Heath Robinson <laughs> d- designs, but there you go. It works so far.
2: So the, the, I think it's the third song on the record. It's called Spiral, and mm. uh, the song has a very cyclical melody that starts in the violin, then it's in the viola, and then at the very end, it is on a piano recorded through a cylinder. Oh, wow. So I just uh, put on my headphones with a metronome so I would be in time with the song. Yeah. I played the melody onto a, onto the cylinder and then I just re- put a mic in front of it and to record it into my computer. It, when, it, when
0: you played back the, the cylinder? Yeah, then I played it back into my computer and fitted it into the song. Actually, I've got a question about... So I've only ever heard cylinders and those early discs played back that had a crackle to them because... They've been played, yes. you know. Yeah. But when you record a new one and it's play it crackles. back, Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so it always crackles. Yeah. Even yeah. brand new in the day when they got bought them.
2: Yeah, but of course they crackle more over time. But yeah. the crackle, I, I think, I don't know, you're going to get some fact checkers complaining now, probably. But yeah. I think the, the crackle is just due to the low low resolution of the groove of the yeah. cuts in the groove of the of the record. It's a very coarse. Uh, yes. The, what do you call it? The, yeah, the grooves. Uh, yeah. They're not mm. very detailed, and I think that's where the crackle mostly comes from. And sometimes just from static electricity, actually. Mm. Just get some static.
0: We we were talking just before we turned the microphones on about mastering Abbey Road. Um, okay. I used to run Abbey Road, and there's one... You might be interested in this. You might not be interested in this, but there was one thing I used Whenever I took a tour of the building and took people around, and I'd take people up onto the roof where... Apparently when John Lennon took LSD, George Martin told him to go on the roof and get some fresh air. It's like, you don't want to do that, but I told that story. <laughs> and then I would come down, climb down off the roof, and before the door into back into the studio, there was a metal bucket. And in that metal bucket was looked like wire wool. Do you know what I mean by wire wool? If you want to clean something. Oh yeah, yeah, like when you yeah, clean the It's just lots of mm, yeah. strands of metal, and I would say, What is that? and nobody would ever guess it. Hmm. Actually, one person did guess it. Um, oh, I can't remember who it was. It was gonna be a big name drop, I've forgotten his name. Country West, Keith Urban. Hmm. Keith Urban guessed what it was. It was the groove. So every master that was cut on vinyl, oh, yeah. they cut the groove out. What do you do with a bit that's been scraped out? Well, it's slightly toxic. Oh, so they put me. it into this metal bin with a lid. <laughs> And I said, that's, that." you know, I said, the Beatles grooves in there. I don't know It's not it was just it. like, the whole vinyl record is It's, it's
2: very it's, it's toxic. Well, yeah, they're, they're not recyclable. It's a hazardous material, actually. And mm. I've, I read some studies that uh, if you keep a lot of records in your house your whole life, you're more likely to get certain diseases. Oh, blimey. Yeah. I didn't so, know that.
1: Is that where the phrase <laughs> get into the groove came from? <laughs> well, if someone was misbehaving I, yeah, I in master so. and mastering, get into the groove... Yeah. But I, mean, I think with, isn't there now uh, a version of vinyl which is more environmentally less toxic? I believe so. Coming yeah. out, yeah, I believe so.
0: Yeah, I lost all my vinyl. My, my wife burnt her house down, and um, I got back from a trip. To I like find, how you just blamed that on your wife. Well, I was in I was I was in Ireland at the time. It wasn't me. She was there on a well with the children. Um, and she'd left a, a, some curtains draped over a lamp, and the oh lamp no. smoldered. And she left a window open, so air, ca- mm. oxygen came in, and she burnt the house down, which is a bit. But it, it killed all my vinyl. So uh, that was a very toxic smoke yeah, from the oh, fire. It was. Hot. I went in and sort of picked something up, and it was just thick, oily, mm. toxic, horrible stuff. Yeah. Well, that's quite terrible. I'm sorry that yeah. happened. Well, <laughs> terrible. They rebuilt it. We sold it at a profit. <laughs> it wasn't too bad in the end. Yeah. Except
1: you lost the vinyl.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? Going back in time to how sound was first reproduced, etc. I mean, what was the first musical sound that you're aware of? Oh, you're Having bringing us uh... back on track uh, um, with the interview. This right, is we're great. We're doing a
2: podcast. There. Yeah. We? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to this. I can do it now if you like.
1: <laughs> no, no. no. Yeah. So your first musical uh, experience? Well, memory. I yeah. When did music hit you? Yeah.
2: Um. I feel like there there were a few. Definitely a few times in my youth where that happened. Um. I don't know if you know. I don't know what was the first one, but I was very early on kind of would become kind of obsessed or tran- transfixed by 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 songs. I would want to play them on repeat very much when I was a kid, um, and it was often when I when there was some kind of a emotive element to it and. I just can't for the life of me remember what would have been the first one, but I remember some early ones, like some Icelandic children's music. I would, you know, play through the whole album, but there would be like this one melancholic part, you know, which you don't hear a lot on kids' albums, but they need the dynamic. They need the arc to the story. Maybe it was like, um, uh, oh yeah, it was a a children's story that has music to it. A radio radio play uh, called... And there's a devastating piece where the animal dies at the end, you know. And I just, I would just listen to it on repeat again and again. I was probably only like five years old, you know. And at a similar time, because my mom played the guitar, she doesn't really anymore, but she was kind of always the troubadour at parties and stuff, you know, right. playing guitar and singing. What uh, sort of stuff would she play? Just Icelandic folk songs, yes. you know. Um, but at some point she told me, taught me the basic chords on the guitar, just, just the E minor, you know? Mm. And I realized E minor can also be A minor. It's the same thing. You just move the two fingers down the string. And I sat there, I very vividly remember this. I sat there for the whole day and I just played like, la, 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 these two chords until
0: my fingers were bleeding. Oh, <laughs> blimey. And is that the first time <laughs> you made music?
2: Yeah, and, and I, yeah. I went so proud to my mom, like, "Mom, I, ro- I wrote yeah. a song, yeah. I wrote a song. And I have no fingers left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, well, kind of heard that one
1: before. It's A that's minor and E minor. great. I mean, that <laughs> sort of explains the arc of some of your current music, does it not? Yeah, yeah. You know, A minor and E minor, two fingers. Yeah. But I... Were there artists that you looked up to when you were a kid, thinking, I want to be like that one day? Was it like that for you? So I, I have older
2: siblings, mm. and they both listen to rock a lot. So I I grew up listening to like Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and like the grungy rock stuff. Nirvana 90s rock, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was really into like Nirvana when I was like 9, 10, 11, <coughs> and all these bands. So they, I grew up... Idolizing these people mm. for better or worse, <laughs>
0: uh-huh. but but then you decided to stop being a musician and start playing the drums, didn't you? Stop being a musician, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that? That's the old joke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What do you call a person who hangs around with musicians? A drummer, a drummer. Yeah. yeah. But you can translate all of these
2: what jokes. A thing, yes to a viola player mm. in classical music. It's a, a, yeah. <laughs> so it's just viola jokes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the definition of perfect pitch is being able to throw a viola into a toilet without hitting the sides. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> For example. <Bit> of, uh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: my viola player, is, uh, is, he's like an archive of viola jokes. He just throws yeah. them out like every, every hour or so. On tour, there would be a viola joke coming well,
0: out. They, they say only that there are only seven stories, but they just get retold yeah. over and over again. Mm. There's only three jokes, probably, but you mm-hmm. know. Um, um, anyway, yeah, I started studying drums, I guess
2: because I was into these, into these bands yeah. more than anything else. Do you know, my my
0: mm. um, son, he was quite, quite a sort of, I wouldn't say angry, but he had a lot of aggression in his teenage years. And I think the best thing. We ever bought him was a drum kit. Yep. So from the age of about thirteen, and he would just, and he was, he was quite a good drummer actually. Particularly by, by now he is. But did 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 was that part of the attraction with drums, hitting things? I don't know. I was never really angry, but that, I was
2: someone who was bullied and stuff. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I was not some. I mean, I was probably angry, but I was not aggressive. Yeah, I, that's never been in my personality. So I don't think it was necessarily that, but it was something that I could uh fixate it on it's very meditative obviously um i would play i would practice a lot I would play yeah. for a very long time um so yes it, it music in general has always been i think it started from that for me you know yeah. it started as an es- escape um
0: were you sort of playing guitar um, and drums at the same time yeah. And
2: then i was i mean from age of seven or eight i was fixed on the drums like sure I would play the other instruments every now and then Yeah, piano in my house and stuff but it became like a big ambition to become like the best drummer so I would practice I practice a lot um, very uh, very fixated on becoming a good drummer and I always thought I would be be a session drummer or something mm. like as I grew up I would just work in studios mm. as a drummer uh, I never thought I'd be a
1: composer yeah wow and you uh, you were in some quite hardcore bands, weren't you,
2: at an early yeah, age? Yeah, like punk bands. Yeah, I started my first punk band at, like, six or seven. Uh, it was called The Empire. Okay. Uh, no, first one was Coneheads. So Coneheads! Was Coneheads is great. like right the movie. We yeah, love yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we named our band after it. And then, then The Empire was another one. Uh, th- there may have been a series of, um, yeah, adolescent bands throughout the yeah. you know the tween years that I don't even remember mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, then, the one uh, I got was
0: Fighting Shit yeah, so which that's is a when, r- very memorable yeah, name also, in English It yeah.
2: also started as a joke and uh, then we just kind of grew up together and it became a lot more serious band yeah.
0: and we just felt like it was too late to change the name <laughs> yeah, I was listening to uh, as my research for this I was listening to because I, I didn't know Fighting Shit until it was Forgotten Daughters, Abandoned Sons was that one of the, the albums up, that you playing? that was you playing, playing, that was you playing most, on that? On all the records, yeah Oh right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so You're that's a, a more serious devil. time, yeah. I'm always a swat. I like to, when <laughs> someone says I did this, I like to go and listen to what that sounded <coughs> right. like. And, and yeah. I'll tell you what, it's, it, you would only want to listen to that kind of music at certain moods and certain times of the day. It would certainly wake you up. It's oh. a
2: very intense record. Yeah. It's very emotionally heavy. Uh, I mean, forgotten daughters, abandoned sons. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I can there. guess what's
0: being said yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the, I watched it on YouTube and the comments underneath it, it clearly meant a lot to a lot of people. Underrated, classic, all of that kind of stuff being mentioned. um,
2: That record was a bit of a hit in in that genre, actually, and we toured quite a lot around it, uh, mostly in the UK, actually. I have been to every shithole in this country
0: Mm. uh, (laughs) in those days. Have you ever been to Grimsby? My yeah, hometown. I'm, I'm pretty sure we played Grimsby. Good. Um, I, know, I know there's a big, <laughs> yeah. heavy rock, yeah, hardcore yeah. rock
2: community yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to call them shitholes, but you know, like the, the, the smaller towns often mm. have very yeah. strong. It might be uh, shitholes. But it's
0: my shithole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we like fighting as well in Grimsby. Yeah. Oh, so there that you how go. really works, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fighting in the hole for, for yeah. our young listeners. Could, <laughs> yeah.
0: Again, on my, on my yeah. research, so I love. Because then you got involved in some way with a German band, wasn't it? Um, I wrote mm-hmm. it down. Oh, Heaven Shall Burn. <laughs> yeah, so the, yeah, this is the trajectory of my, my career right But, but, it, but I just thought, I thought, how do you get from that to I, I, to writing? I know, I, I know what you write mm-hmm. now, and I really enjoy it. The first thing I became aware of you was writing the music for Broadchurch, mm-hmm. and that just seemed, I couldn't work out how somebody could get from that to that. And it seemed to be that that was quite quite a key stepping stone the the german band
2: yeah i guess i mean life is just a collection of you know funny coincidences that bring you down new paths mm-hmm. uh, the haver cell burn connection actually made me who i am today um i was i started writing uh more string and piano based music after getting really into film scores Mm. uh, when I was maybe 14, 15, 16 years old
0: Were there any particular film scores you Uh, you loved then?
2: Yeah, at the time Requiem for a Dream just came out I watched that in 8th grade or something I don't think eighth-graders should watch that movie, but <laughs> we did anyway. Yeah. <laughs> my parents weren't home, so we yeah, yeah. <laughs> rented yes. that movie. That was always my My excuse. cousin yeah. worked at the video rental, so we could rent it even though we were underage. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Clint Mansell? That was is Clint Mansell's score. Cool? Yeah, yeah. That was absolutely beautiful. Then around the same time, Beautiful Mind comes out. Mm. Uh, um, that's Russell Crowe film, is it? Be- beautiful Mind? Uh, yeah. A beautiful Mind, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Russell Crowe. Then... Um, uh, What's the Thomas Newman score for um American Beauty? American Beauty and mm. also another one he did at a similar time. I was trying to uh, The yeah. Green Mile. The Green Microsoft. Oh Mile. Yeah. Lovely, a, score, lovely score, lovely film. Yeah. Um yeah, so so that that got me really interested in working go, going a bit back to the piano and um I was mostly composing just in the DAW, just in the computer software. Yeah. I didn't know any string players, I didn't have any microphones. So I would just kind of type in my compositions what, what, in a sequencer. What a sequ- concert, uh, workstation
0: or, uh, were you using? Uh, in Cubase. Oh, Cubase. Yeah, oh, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <coughs> uh, I would arrange all the strings just with all the sounds that
0: come with Cubase. You yeah. know, when you buy it, there's just but like a general string sound. Could you could you um, write music and read music at that point? No, I could not oh, read right. music. No. Amazing.
1: <laughs> So uh, I, I think what's really exciting as well that Clint Mansell, who wrote the score for, for Requiem for a Dream, grew up in the Midlands and was a member of a band called Pulp, Pulp Elite itself. Pulp itself yeah. Oh
0: wow! And they were signed to EMI. And yeah. then yeah. a I similar was sort
1: of journey. A of similar
0: journey. Thrash
1: oh. bang wallop <laughs> yeah. to really absolutely that. serene we Can imagine music. my,
2: my yeah. delight yeah. when Clint Mansell messages me on MySpace or something like. Oh my god! Yes, we have similar journeys. We must meet and we, we had a dinner in LA and I was just like wow and he was oh. just so happy to see someone who had gone through the same journey as he Absolutely. Had, you know? um, and we became good friends after that actually so, so, so you're
0: doing Buy this in Cuba. My, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really interesting how,
2: how we get to
0: <laughs> okay the, so um, cause, cause this is key I, I so guess it might be this becomes like
2: a little side project of mine yeah. um, and I was just printing some CDs in, on my dad's CD burner Selling them to friends, and my grandma ex- especially would buy like a bunch of them and kind of distribute them around her friends or whatever. It was very crude sounding music. It still also had like drums in it and stuff, it yeah. wasn't purely uh, piano and strings. And then my hardcore band, not Fighting Shit, but an- another one I was in called I Adapt, uh, was supporting this German heavy metal band yeah. on tour. Uh, they were playing in Iceland, and we were the opening act. And I just gave the guitar player one of my CDs after one of the shows. Didn't think anything else of it. Uh, Avenged Burn was one of the biggest metal bands in Europe at the time. Yeah. I think they're still kind of yeah I'm, yeah they're still very very big very current. Yeah. Uh, and they are they start working on a new record, and I get an email on my ho- Hotmail address <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the guitarist saying like, "I love this demo you gave me." Would you consider like composing a couple of pieces for our records, like uh, interludes
0: yeah.
2: uh, between the heavy songs?" And So I'm like, sure, and I, I do that. And he's the one that tells me, like, you know, we already have music with drums and stuff, can you just do the piano and strings? Yeah. I never thought about it until nice. then, and I never even recorded anything until they gave me a little budget, I could I buy will. a cheap microphone. And I recorded these pieces and that album what became you... a top 10 album in Germany. Yeah. And after that, I get a phone call from a, a record label saying, like, would you consider making an album of this? Cause and that was erased. Uh, that was actually before Not that. Before that, yeah, was it, yeah. German uh, connected to the same guitar players. So yeah. They they really helped me um, get started and pushed me to actually make this music in the first place because I wasn't really, I don't know, maybe I would, would have ended up here, who knows, but... This was not my focus, and they made it my focus. Like, hey, this is unique. This stuff. is good. You, really. should, you know, would you would you try making a record? I'm like, never thought of that, but sure, I'll make a record. <laughs> yeah, if you want, that was eulogy for evolution.
0: That was my. Yeah, favorite. I was going to say. I'm trying to remember the name of the album. Yeah, eulogy oh, for evolution. Eulogy for evolution, and there's a lovely piece to start off with. <clears> and <throat> yeah, and then it goes into. The the last then, thirty seconds is a uh, yeah.
1: terrier
0: yeah, That's <laughs> me approximating heavy metal <laughs> using yeah. my voice. Yeah.
1: <clears throat>
2: but yeah, but it's mostly just piano and strings.
0: now do you do you tend to work in one place and 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 do you tend to work at the same time each day do you have a bit of a routine for that kind of thing
2: no i i work in my studio i have a, i'm lucky to have my own studio now and
0: is that is that at home or is that no it's, so you, you it's very to close to home yeah
2: so i like to go to work i like to leave <sighs> the house and actually uh I have a space, I have my team there, and you know so we can have lunch together, so there's a little community around yeah. my work and um so I mean, I go there probably every day, whether I don't write music every day, you know, um, but I will sit down on the studio computer and play around with the synth every yeah. day or the piano or something. And some days I get into the mood, then I stay and I just close the door and I don't do any more emails and I just focus. If I'm not in the mood, I'll just play around for a bit and then get back to my laptop and watch
0: YouTube or or. But that's interesting. So you work in some other way. So <laughs> yeah. you sort of turn up every day and wait to see if if it's yeah, happening.
2: I mean, it depends also what ti- what time it is in my life. Am I working on a mm, record or am right. I just playing around? Uh, am, am I in between tours? Then probably shouldn't even be there you know i should be resting or yeah yeah. so it kind of depends uh what i'm so if i'm starting a record it'll start like this but of course in the last three four months i'm just consciously working on the record every day and doing nothing else because you need that ultra focus to to make something good you know you can't do it half-assed
0: where does music
1: come from
2: Some other music, I think <laughs> it's, it's like with the stories. There's there's only so many. Yeah, yeah. there's only so many notes on the piano, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh,
1: interesting what you say about you know you if you're working on an album that's a very intensive process for you. So when you translate that. Need for an excellent output to movie scoring, which is a is a much faster sort of concern. How do you balance the the, the destination of quality in very different sort of time zones. Sleep less. Yeah, okay, there you
0: go. <laughs> more but sleep everybody less. stay up all night. Because <laughs> yeah. actually, yeah. with a film, you're working to something, aren't you? <clears throat> and, and when you're making music... There, yeah, there's you, a shortcut. You've got nothing. Yeah. yeah, there's a
2: shortcut in that process. So it does take less time uh, and a lot of it is going to be background and not that mm-hmm. I put any less ambitions into it, but... But it allows you to perhaps be a bit more repetitive sometimes uh, or spend a little less time on some textural detail yeah. because you won't actually be able to hear that detail. So so it's often more broad strokes with mm-hmm. scoring. And then certain pieces within the score, the main pieces like you know the end of the episode or end yeah, of the film, that you'll yeah. spend the same amount of time of that as you would on, on the record track. You know? Fantastic. But... Everything in between, you can you can also delegate some of it to you know a team of,
0: of course. people who can
2: kind of de- you can make a lot of the kind of manual labor part of it, which is maybe just editing things or copy pasting things to fit a different scene yeah. or something. You can delegate some of that. So.
1: Yeah, and also with an album, you are. Your own master, really, aren't you? That says you make the decision when you yes. want to make an album. What you what you want that <clears throat> album to, in in a sense, capture from your soul? Yeah, it's a
2: portrait of your soul at the, at that time. It's a, it's it's like a photograph. Um, so that's a much more difficult project uh, uh, process. You have to first of all decide what parts of me do I want to be seen through this music. What parts of me do I want to communicate? And then how do I get to those parts and how do I turn them into music? And that's somehow just way more of a, a project than just like seeing a scene on a screen mm. and scoring it because often that is, it's very obvious what you need to do there, you know. Um, so,
1: you know, I was very taken by your most recent album, uh, some kind of piece that uh, this is a, a journey through your life
2: Yes, yeah, it was, yeah. I took the, the music as a photograph very literally there. Um, but there the challenge was like, because c- in the past I've, I've allowed myself to be a lot more abstract with, you know, what story I'm telling. But there I had something to say, you know. Uh, and it was just a big question of how, how can you even communicate those things mm. through instrumental music or, you know. Um, and how can I make... Music without writing lyrics that is still personal. And when you listen to it, you know that it comes from me and you know that only I could have made that piece of music. Mm. Um, of and course, th- that takes all of your time, all of your mind, all of your thoughts for a very long time.
1: Precisely. And I th- you started that album in 2019. Yeah, and some songs then, are from even 2018. Yeah, yeah, and then ended up finishing it probably in isolation
2: yeah kind of in Iceland it was pretty soft compared to a lot of other places but yes yeah it it was during the pandemic that I finished it
1: and and did the pandemic provide any kind of magnifying glass to some of the emotions and feelings that you were translating into this album at all
2: yeah it, it brought it all to the surface obviously I mean I I've, I've always been kind of a sensitive person uh mm. and you know when when I feel like the world is going you know it's going wrong I feel like I have the whole weight of it on my shoulders a bit uh, as I'm sure many people felt during that time uh so it brought a lot up for me um and even more reason to to look inwards which is what the album was kind of about But I also felt maybe more importantly uh, that the trajectory that I was on with that album was more relevant and more important. And, you know, we thought about postponing it You know, nobody. You know, remember the first year of the pandemic. Nobody wanted to release anything. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants this to become your pandemic album or something (laughs) like that. And everyone Mm -hmm. thought about just like, okay, let's wait a year because we thought this would be a year. You know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And I felt like no, this is actually more important now than ever. This to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um. To to tell these sort of of stories. Um, because in the end, it's it's something that uplifts us. It's the album, you know. It's it's about community. It's about the the things that are really important in life, and all those things came to the surface during the last few years. And I think we've forgotten all about it now, mm-hmm. but yeah. but for a moment there, yeah. we were all a bit enlightened, weren't we? we yeah, were all a bit enlightened. <laughs> and, and
1: certainly, that album really. Allows one to really explore your own emotions, yeah as well you know right. you' you're, you're playing cards to people's emotions, I think, and I think it yeah. really works <laughs> brilliantly <Yeah.
2: laughs> uh, well, I try to keep it just open enough, like I want to tell my story, but I don't define it too much that it stops being your story, quite you know
1: yeah well it works
2: that's the the delicate balance think. yeah, we, we, yeah.
1: We,
0: <laughs> we, we started today, Oliver and I by me opening the front door, I saw him just about to arrive and i went and opened the front door to come in and we both complained about the traffic and i (laughs) said to him it was brilliant during the pandemic i used to come in and have the entire office to myself five Mm. floors six floors of the office was just mine nobody oxford street was empty and it was it was very contemplative time you know but that's all over traffic's back to normal." I've been yeah. to about six concerts in the last two weeks. You know, everything's happening. Remember
2: when we thought like this whole pandemic was going to like change climate change? Yeah. Because we're not going to go back to our old ways, aren't we? We're going to use this opportunity to restructure the world. So when we come back, we can do things differently. Live industry, music industry, uh, but and every other industry as well. Of course, the first opportunity we yeah. had to get our old life back. <laughs> Let's <laughs> so go on holiday. Just, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Just look at the airport. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, You know, <laughs> I, was one,
0: while I was doing my homework for this piece, and I, 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 I said I had a lovely time listening to all sorts of music. Um, the techno music I really enjoyed. Um, a song called "Blessed," I think it was. That I, um, was it, "Blessed." I don't think there is a song
2: called "Blessed," but they all have that past tense to it. So, hang on, take. Uh, what what could it be? Blurred, blurred.
0: There you go. Blurred. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, yeah. I've, What's I've that written... called?
2: Grammatically, the pa- the past tense, but like two or all our songs are like ending with ed. Yeah, yeah past
1: tense,
2: just past yeah. tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. That's... English is so simple, isn't it? In Icelandic, that would be like. A victimized past tense, or oh something, because <laughs> <God. laughs> it's like blurred, like it's happening to you. Yes, you know? it's like it's <laughs> yeah. past. It happened to you in the past. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly
0: it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it would be
2: have a different name whether it happened to me or you or her. It will oh, be very no, all the same. In in yeah, it's yeah. Beautifully
0: simple,
1: isn't it? Isn't brilliant? Yeah, it brilliant?
0: but it was one of a number of collaborations. So I really enjoyed blurred. So, I mean, I enjoyed quite a lot of the I went through quite a few songs, but the one that I just put on and then found myself, I'd got to the end of it, Was um, it was you doing some stuff with Niels Fram, mm. and it was a particular recording, Trance Friends. Yeah. <laughs> but I was telling Jill I was really confused by the title names because they're all like 20 mm. uh, colon 17 oh, oh, 00.26, and I was thinking, that must be the length of the song track. But is it, is it a live album? It's and a that's live the album. time. No, it's the time when we oh. pressed, uh, so we, we wrote. I, could, <laughs> I was doing yeah. my head in. I, I couldn't work out what the code was. I thought there was a pattern in it, and it was an obvious pattern. Uh, the, the whole album is a live improvisation made in one night. Oh, wow.
2: wow. all improvised in one night, one evening. And we started around eight, so I think the first track 2017. Is like 2017, that's yeah. the first track. That's when we pressed record. Yeah. And then we would record that track, then we would always take a short break and spend a little bit of time playing around, trying to look for new ideas, and then we, ha- when we had a new idea, we would press record again and try to make a song out of that idea. And that would be like 21, 30 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, that, I don't know
1: this
0: because Yeah, because I went... I thought, they're all really... The first one's quite a long piece, and I thought oh, that must have been 20 minutes then. Because no. <laughs> I wasn't... It, well, I was just listening to it, not not concentrating mm-hmm. on it. And then there was one called 0026. I thought, oh, I wonder what they've done in That's 26 they, seconds. They, That's where they,
2: they get a bit more abstract. Though. Yeah, actually, they yeah, after do. After midnight, go through them. The they after do. midnight pieces get a, more and more abstract. Yeah.
0: But with that, <laughs> it wasn't in front of an audience, was it? No, no, no. So yeah, I thought, but, but we filmed it all. We had two camera people
2: with us. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. And uh, the whole... Film is on YouTube, so you can actually watch the whole evening. Yeah, there's a wonderful interlude in the middle where where Niels makes pizza oh, just wow. for dinner,
0: and then we keep going.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's quite right too.
2: Fantastic. <laughs> where where did that happen? In Niels's old studio in Berlin, uh, yeah. at his apartment. Actually, he was in his bedroom.
1: I was remembering your album "Remember" the other day, there you go. and uh, I wanted to ask you about Stratus, which is the software that you developed, which is uh, the piano as you've never heard it before. What, yeah, where did that come from?
2: Stratus comes from. I mean, I think I just saw it somewhere in an airport or something, like one of these self-playing pianos.
1: Okay. So,
2: I mean, we have we've had them since the old Western style, you know, uh, piano roll. Mm. Yeah. Games. Uh, but I think in the late nineties Yamaha developed like a digital version of this and you'd see these sometimes around the world. Um, and I, I, I stumbled upon one of these pianos, I think it was in an airport on tour and I was really like fascinated by it. Of course I've seen it before and I, I thought, Oh, it's cool that they made these new ones, digital ones for sale, but like, Why? Why did they make this? And I started researching, like, why does this exist as a consumer product? And, of course, it's for, you know, wealthy people who can afford such a piano uh, who want to have live music in their living room but cannot play the piano. So they can get this self playing piano, and it comes with these discs that you put in, and they play, like, some jazzy versions of John Lennon songs or something. Oh, wonderful. And I was like, What? That's terrible. <laughs> That's yeah. a terrible idea. Uh, but this is a really cool technology, you know? Uh, and I wondered, like, we, we got in touch with Yamaha, who made them, like, are there any people, you know, doing something creative with this? Can we have access to the protocol? Can we do something? They were, like, blank face. Like, yeah. what do you mean? We,
0: we've just made well, a piano. That's yeah, what
2: he it does. Just, <laughs> this is good. This is perfect as it, And we just blank faces all around. Uh, so I I spoke to a programmer friend. Thankfully, we, we figured out that they have a they have an input, so you can send your own in, uh, digital information into it. But that's also made for, for just you can connect your computer to it to play the sure. songs from a computer yeah. instead of a of a disc. That's why it has that input. But um, I have a friend who has developed a lot of art installations with uh, musical music and code, basically, yeah. so generative music and stuff like that. And he helped me create a software um, where it's semi-generative where basically it has an input from me, so uh, I do play it, Uh, it's not fully generative, so I can play a note or a chord and that will go into our software and through some predetermined values the software will then spit out that same chord as a rhythmical texture. That's kind of the very simple yeah, yeah. way of, yeah. of, of explaining it. So, through doing that, you have um, a way of playing the piano, uh, but your hands are not an obstacle anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or your cognitive uh, responses. Because, like, also, my problem often when composing is that uh, muscle memory takes over, or, mm-hmm. or even the brain's muscle memory. Like, oh, I played a C minor. Usually, when I play a C minor, I go next to a G minor. So, I will kind of automatically do that. You
1: know? mm-hmm. right.
2: But when I play this, I play the C minor on a keyboard, and the piano is responding in like some surprising, unique
0: ways. So you don't know what it's going to come not, up with? Not exactly. Yeah. There,
2: I do pre- predetermine the broad strokes of the rhythmical texture. Yeah. But there are random values within it, and of course it responds differently every time I press it. So. Uh, But when I hear the feedback from the piano, it it triggers something else in my brain. So I don't go back to that old, good old uh, G minor that I usually go after the C, you know. So it kind of is breaking the connection between you and the piano and uh, can therefore encourage new ideas that I wouldn't have otherwise come up with.
1: I think that is fascinating. It's a, To me, in very sort of layman's terms, it's almost like playing a musical fountain. Like right? You'll press a chord and then you'll get this sort of fountain yes. of sound.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And
1: it's, all, it's very interactive, therefore, yeah. because it, you can't not be affected by what you put down, but then what comes out yes. and what you put down next, yeah. exactly as you say. And uh, I, I know you've used it on Remember, and uh, it's now... Uh, you know it's available with Spitfire Audio, etc. Yeah, you... so
2: it's not, it's not the, the part you can buy, is not like exactly what I use, mm. uh, but we created something out of it for music producers to be able to have access to the same sound, basically. Yeah, so
0: it's is it like a plugin that the
2: you... now as a commercial, the commercial version is a plugin, yeah, yeah. Uh, my version is actually also a plugin, yeah, yeah, but doesn't look like it's been made for selling. It's very ugly. It, <laughs> it's it's purely it commissioned for you and <laughs> yeah, d- yeah, developed yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and you, you can see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the low-budget uh, effort that went into the, the user, interfaces the user interface,
0: is, interface is not so smooth. <laughs> not. Yeah.
1: And I, we were talking over lunch that, you uh, know... You feel that you're you're done with that now. It's yeah, not gonna be something well, you're gonna rely
2: on. I still love it. I'm not it still inspires me. Mm. So it's not that I'm done with it in that sense, but I just feel like I always need to be moving. Yeah. And I feel like while that is still there as an option, I will always be drawn to it and therefore I won't think of anything new while that's still there. So I'm currently trying to get it get it out of my life show mm-hmm. to start with maybe so that during live shows there's a lot of improvis- improvisational parts in my live shows I will be forced to kind of figure out what I can do without them now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and see if I can discover something new because yeah. yeah it's it's a lovely project it's inspired so much music Yeah, I used it on some kind of piece as well we've done art installations where we actually created an interactive version of it where mm. people could uh, open a website on their phone oh, and right. they uh, if you went to the gallery the pianos were there and you would um, see them, and you could press some buttons on the website to kind of affect the direction of the music uh, that the piano That's is playing. Fun. So they have, they have had a lot of. They they even created the artwork on the Remember album. So we created the software that read the output from Stratus, and the software would draw images based on the node output from Stratus. So that's where that came from. Yes. Okay. Uh, And we created, like, hundreds of different Mm. artworks that, you know, were available as prints, you know, from different songs and stuff. Um, Even my light show in, in the live show is... Partly ah, generate that off it as well. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. So when I press that C minor chord and it comes up with some rhythm, yeah. it can it can at the same time generate that rhythm for the light show. So we actually also have a partly generated light show. So yeah. my point is like this. Stratus adventure has been uh, has gotten so many fruits from mm. it. You know, we've yeah. reaped There's some saying here in English probably for this, some kind of a beautiful way of saying this but it has a many fruits i'm gonna go with that one that's good, <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> know, we
1: can do fruits well i actually maybe we should edit that out um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs>
2: but,
1: uh, a- apart from being one of the great composers of the world composer performers multi-instrumentalists you write for film you know dave mentioned Broadchurch earlier and i'm sure you're not short of offers uh, to score for screen you know
2: no, that that's true. Yeah. How
1: do you choose what you will do and what you'll? I don't not know. Do? It's always
2: hard. You're you're just trying to make the best educated guess. Yeah. You never know, do you? You can read the script, and the script is great, and the film is horrible. Like. Yeah. I go with people. I have good people instincts. Uh, th- this is my strong side. You know, if I like the people. Uh, and I want to work with them, then the time was never wasted because I had a good time with someone. So, so,
0: <laughs> so who do you like best, Jill or me? Jill that's the right answer by the
1: way <laughs> I always do that to my to my
0: mother I do, to my mother I always say who's your favourite grandchild and she goes I don't have a favourite grandchild they're all the same yeah. yeah, but I think it's always a good question particularly when they don't <laughs> choose me no,
2: I, learned that I learned this as a kid it, it's horrible to get no answer to a question and yeah. you're both great by the way yeah. uh, <laughs> but when we, no. me and my friends would, we would like make a drawing and we would go to my parents like yeah. who made the best drawings yeah. and they would be like well they're all wonderful. We love yeah. them all. We're like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and then we oh, one of my friends heard that he would actually just say which one is the best. So we just <laughs> always went to him because we wanted an answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted to know which one was the best. We wanted to be challenged. We didn't want to be always pampered because we were children, you
0: know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I loved competition as a kid. Yeah. I I I mean, I lost a lot and cried when I lost things, but occasionally yeah. you won and Yeah. You learn how to win, and and it was good. And you took the loss as well. You know, you're, you yeah, It's a you bit different when you're
2: asking who is your favourite child, because that's kind of it can yeah.
0: cause like a more long
2: term trauma than yeah, I, whose drawing was the best? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was just trying to upset my mother, and she got
1: David. Uh, <laughs> um, how do you describe your music? People say to me, "Oh, ambient, electronica, post classical, minimalist." Oh, Does it need a label?
2: I don't think it does. Uh, there's two types of music,
0: good and bad
2: music. Yeah, there's good and bad music. And the only thing that matters in making music is knowing the difference between the two. Mm. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know that you you should put the good music so, on a record and the bad music should stay on your but, hard but, drive. But that's
0: art as well as making it, isn't it? Knowing which bit isn't good and which bit Yeah, it's hard. That's the bit to work on, isn't it? You like all your Mm -hmm.
2: babies, you know? Yeah. Well, I I don't know in your case. uh, Yeah, (laughs) no, I love all my children.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If they're listening to this. I love
2: them all equally, so it can be hard to say, well, this one is not good. I'm going to throw it away. It can be hard.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I guess that's one of the key things of a creator, isn't it? You can't, you've got to know what works yeah. within uh, the thing you're trying to make. A friend yeah. of mine told me uh, once that the, that's the only thing
2: that is the difference between a good musician and a bad musician. And, yeah. and a bad musician is the good musician has a good taste in music.
0: Yeah. They know yes. its um, ideas to develop. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning how to write at the moment. I'm writing a children's book and I wrote it all the way through and I thought it was great. Not very successful. And then I've gone <laughs> to writing school now. And I'm I'm now <coughs> beginning to understand why certain bits of it are dreadful. Yes. Because I just I just didn't understand enough of the genre mm. that I was in and the and the yeah. techniques that were required. Yeah. And and I'm now starting to choose that's a really good bit of writing, but it doesn't work for the story, you know. And it's brutal. You know, you've written something that's actually quite moving and you go, it just doesn't doesn't fit in the story, you yeah. know. Very upsetting.
1: Have you not read any children's books, Dave?
0: Not since... No, I, I'm now reading them all the time to, to, to refresh myself, but yeah. So, the, the final question, what next? Have you got, What are your immediate and medium-term plans? Well, I'm, I'm
2: supposed to be on a break, a holiday of some sort, but somehow I'm here in London having meetings with...
0: Oh, we have dragged you <laughs> over
2: here. I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm being interviewed <laughs> by podcasts. So uh, my plan is to go back home tomorrow and and uh, continue being on a break. Me and my uh, fiance just moved into a new house. We're still renovating, and it's just yeah. for me that's like inspiring mm. a little bit to focus oh. on something else. You're still busy. You're still having a project, but it's something very different from what you're used to, and it helps relax the brain. And you know, you can. While drilling holes in walls, you can easily get new ideas, you know? Absolutely. Um, And then, yes, quite a few things in the works. I'm really interested in exploring what different avenues my music can take, uh, as we've been talking about today here. And I'm especially interested in seeing how I can stretch. Um, my style of music, sorry, I never even answered what that is. You just asked me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, people it's can good. listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good music is the answer, Jill. Okay. So let's just stay with that. Yeah, good. Um, I'm really interested in seeing how, how far I can stretch it. I, th- I think piano music and I've never been strictly piano music, but, um, You know, modern classical music, piano music has become a very saturated genre um, thanks to Spotify and their uh, background music Mm. playlisting methods. Mm. Uh, So I'm really interested in in just going somewhere else a little bit, uh, exploring, you know, still staying me, still staying true to myself, but I, I get kind of just challenged by when music becomes too easy you know for the listener as well as for the musician you know i feel like anyone can write a piano piece and put it on a playlist on spotify but i I want to see what else is there
0: you know (laughs) fantastic (laughs) and we look forward to finding that out me too i have no idea yet but, you know, uh, from, from the drumming <laughs> to the techno to Broadchurch mm. to the kind of areas you've gone into and the collaborations, it's been fa- fabulous. I've had a lovely day listening to you. Oh, great. That's, that's, that's thank you. That's sure. yeah. <laughs> for I've been listening to a lot more. Um, and thank you very much for uh, interrupting your break <laughs> to talk to us and have a lovely Pleasure. time working on your house and have a good break. Thanks for have having some me rest. on this
2: yeah. nice podcast and things for the interesting discussions.
0: This episode of Composing Myself has been brought to you by Wise
1: Music Group. Thanks for listening.